from the All-Ireland Business Foundation, this is Elaine Carl bringing you AIBF Business Talk. AIBF is an independent national body tasked with enterprise development and the promotion of best-in-class businesses as business all-stars. Today, I catch up with Aidan Hart, who commenced two businesses over 30 years ago. Optimum Results, which focuses on management skills development, and Customer Perceptions, which focuses on customer research and mystery shopping services. Both businesses share a mission of being dedicated to improving the business performance of their clients. Thank you so much for joining me on AIBF Business Talk today, Aidan. Aidan, reflecting back over 30 years ago, you left the corporate world to join the many entrepreneurs that have flourished here in the Ireland of Ireland, but you were driven by a main cause. And that was particularly because you saw maybe the lack of skills in the SME management type environment. I'd love for you, Aidan, to share with your listeners a little bit about both ventures that you set up, Optimum Results and Customer Perceptions, and maybe what drove you or what was the catalyst behind setting those up? Okay, Elaine, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, in 1994-95, that sort of period, I'd been working in the large, larger industry side. We'd come through rough patch economically and so on and so forth. But at that, at that time, it's a, it's a, it seems like a lifetime ago now, um, we had, as a country, developed, uh, I suppose, world-class business schools uh, uh, in, in, in some of the universities. And we had the, the Smurford Graduate Business School and we had the IMI and we had things like that. And I noticed from my work and I suppose my interest in, in, in the whole subject matter that we were very good at developing managers uh, that were uh, um, coming for, suitable for industry, I suppose. Uh, but we weren't very good in the whole entrepreneurship, small business development side of things. That coincidentally, as a corkman, I was working in Monaghan at the time doing a specific job. And <clears throat> it coincided with the Bill Clinton era and the peace initiatives. And, and the funding was very generous for SME development. Uh, for entrepreneurship and so on. And it also coincided around the same time with the start of the county enterprise boards. So the timing was very right to start something new. And then I was blessed with some of the people, uh, quite innovative minds that I knew in past services to business and places like that at the time. And uh, we started what was it, it, it seems strange now that it was um, unique at the time or close to unique, uh, but we, we started the whole world of SME management skills development. And I suppose b the, behind that, SMEs, I, I've been using a, a phrase right throughout all of the years, um, that small businesses are not small versions of big ones. And entrepreneurs and small business owner managers are busy people. Um, time is their most precious resource. They do not suffer fools gladly. They don't make for very good students. They won't read pages of text and study like a student in university, but they need very practical, focused information and assistance and facilitation coming 
from somebody that they can trust and that they have a rapport with. And I suppose they were the foundation stones that we started with. I think that is actually so true and it never has a phrase, I suppose, resonated so much that small businesses are not small versions of big ones. And the whole, I suppose, a lot of the, the issues that a company faces, but how they grow and manage their time and resources can be very, very different. Um, and we all know that as many business owners and entrepreneurs listening in here today have to wear multiple hats and Absolutely. how you can get the most out of yourself and out of the business. So that, that's, that, yeah. I suppose, that, that... You spotting that gap in the market saying that, hang on here, you know, manage, you know, SMEs and entrepreneurs deserve uh, an education or courses or programs which will help them relative to the size of their business. Yeah. And I mean, I, as I say, that, that that practical approach, almost sort of a hands on approach. And we were very we were passionate from the start that we were not in the education business. We were in the business performance business. So somebody then or now, right throughout the 28 years, the same rules apply. Then or now, if somebody finished a program with us and they said, oh, Aidan, that was wonderful. We really enjoyed that. We learned a lot, but nothing happened. That for us was failure. And like when I say we're not the education business, we have endless respect for those who are. And we're hugely proud of the fact that we arguably have one of the best education systems in the in the in the developed world. And 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 I think as a country we should be hugely proud of that fact. But what we do is different. Uh, and today, I mean, just quite literally this week, working with a, another ter terrific group in in South Dublin, um, we were having that very conversation. The the fact that. I mean, unless you end up with a better business at the end of our program with um, uh, be it a strategic plan for growth and development or be it real tangible results or whatever it happens to be. And and as I say, that's the business, that's the very much the business we're in. And Aidan, you know, your programs have been so successful simply because you understand, you know, entrepreneurs, you understand the whole SME world and landscape that your services have been sought far outside the shores of Ireland. I'd love you maybe to share with us that journey to internationalisation that you've taken. I'd, I'd love to tell you that there was some great planning and strategy involved, Elaine, but in actual fact, we stumbled and fell into the export world in, in uh, about 2003, 2004, as the last uh, 11 or 12 countries were becoming members of the European Union. And we got quite a lot of hugely interesting and most enjoyable work um, developing the skills of those who were to work with SMEs. Uh, something like a train the trainer program, but I suppose bringing a lot of of, of Irish and, and, and indeed British um, experience to their table in terms of, 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 of entrepreneurship and business startup. Um, of the for the last decade, maybe a wee bit more, uh, yeah, 2014, we started working in the Middle East, and we've worked extensively in Saudi uh, from bases in 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 Riyadh and Jeddah. Uh, we're currently uh, back, thankfully, after COVID, we're back in the United Arab Emirates in in, in Abu Dhabi. 
uh, doing a, a program there with a with an Irish partner, um, Savage, um, and we've also worked in Qatar and Bahrain and places like that. Um, we, and 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 over the years, we've worked in a couple of the Balkan countries. We did quite a, a an extensive program for high growth potential startups down in Macedonia. We did a little piece of work for. Uh, agri-food companies in Albania and so on. But um, the novelty factor has always been wonderful. Really. I'm, get, I'm getting too old for it now, but is, uh, the, 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 the traveling and meeting people in different places. And, but it's, it's an interesting uh, perspective, Elaine, because SMEs all over the world are fundamentally the same with the same problems, with the same issues, with the same challenges. Um, their support structures might be a little bit different, but their needs are fundamentally the same. And um, uh, I remember hearing this going way back in my study days with Durham University from the late Alan Gibb, Professor Alan Gibb, wonderful man. Uh, and he uh, used to talk about the commonality of SMEs and the commonality of SME management. And <clears throat> I suppose you could continue on that path and say that fundamentally people are, are the same. So <laughs> but businesses are very much the same. And, and arguably even becoming more so as we're, we're entering more into a, a time of internationalization. And, and, and in that regard, we're always at pains, you know, businesses who don't export think that they don't have to worry about internationalization but of course uh, every day they they live and work in a, an environment now where they're competing with online businesses and uh, multinational corporates barking at their heels and so on and so forth uh, so everybody fundamentally has to be aware of the internationalization but I suppose going back to, well, very much following on, on that theme of <clears throat> the commonality of SME needs, we're fairly often asked as to, as to you know, what, what were our sort of major findings over the years. And number one, with very little doubt, SME owner managers, their biggest barrier, their biggest challenge is the fact that they're too busy working to optimize the potential of the business. And in some cases, they overcome this and they grow. And in many cases, sadly, they don't. And they go through a generation or perhaps more, um, sometimes their demise, uh, <clears throat> where they never break out of that uh, uh, Michael Gerber concept of moving from working in the business to working on the business. And it's 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 a well-worn one at this stage but it but it oh. certainly is true and i think then the the core of our work now we don't do that much work anymore in entrepreneurship and business startups we did a lot of it at one time in the county enterprise board days but we've kind of moved up to <clears throat> dealing with our specializing in smes with growth and development potential and there's a lot of substantial, I have no academic or scientific evidence to verify this except my own experience. But if I had to guess, I'd say about half of the businesses out there, the length and breadth of the country, are working with obsolete business models. And 
the, the, there's, there's an American book which says, what got you here ain't going to get you there. And in that regard, the, what they've done thus far to bring the business to where it is might have worked fine. But we're now, li- we're now living in a dramatically changed environment and a dramatically changed business setting uh, where we have to be much more clever in terms of our leadership and management and strategic planning. And, and that concept of strategic planning, the word strategic, is kicked about like snuff it awake and seldom is it actually defined properly. And it's actually that, that, that process of facilitating very clever, very bright, very busy SME owner managers and their teams to think through what is their potential, what are their resources, how do we balance the resources and the potential and then optimize the potential going forward because you can't grow if there isn't a market and you can't grow unless you have the appropriate resources and you can't grow unless you have the will to do so and so on and so forth. So that process of thinking it through and I mean the strategic planning model is as old as the hills. It's a case of define where you are now, define where you want to be, and then define how you're going to get there. And I suppose another aspect of our business over the last 28 years, uh, a great emphasis is on, I think, far lesser beings than us can facilitate the development of a plan. In actual fact, I don't think I've ever met a business manager who hasn't had a business plan. They've done it for the banks, they've done it for the County Enterprise Board, they've done it for the local enterprise office, they've done it for Intertrade Island or investors or whoever. But the work that we do on the strategic planning space is this is a plan for them. This is our internal document with with, with all the flowery pictures taken out. Um, and, and it's a real roadmap to optimize the potential. And I'll tell you, Elaine, could bring a smile to your face, but I had a nasty habit when I was in this business early on, trying to get a company to do with it what I would do with it if if it were mine. And that's not our job. And our job is to challenge thinking, to motivate, to facilitate, to bring information to the table, to question and to give them the tools for uh, internal analysis and and fact-finding. But ultimately, if the owner, it's their business and not ours. And I've often found it quite frustrating to watch businesses uh, not reach for the stars that they should have been reaching for. Um, But that's their prerogative and not ours. As I say, our job is to facilitate their journey, provided they have a clear outline of what the journey looks like. Aidan, I think it's absolutely fascinating how you, I suppose, maybe went out and classified yourselves day one as not necessarily being an education business, but being a business performance business. And how even, you know, you say to yourself that, hang on here, the result is in the business owner or entrepreneur going back and actually implementing something tangible that will help in their growth and development. And it's no wonder with that type of an ethos, you know, and value system behind the work that you do, Aid, that you've been as successful both nationally and internationally as to what you do. And and I think that there are kind of maybe two aspects to that. The implementation, we encourage, somewhere between encourage and insist, that a strategic growth and development plan, when we're done with it, 
has probably about a third, the last third of it is about the implementation program. And I take, in the days when everything was on paper, I used to take the greatest joy going back to visit clients, be they Enterprise Ireland or Enterprise Board or whoever, and their plan was totally destroyed with coffee stains and Tipex and red biro and in many cases, pint stains. And, but it was, it was evidence of it being a real live working document within the organization. And one of the things, the phrase we use here in the office is we try desperately hard to have them uh, at the end of a program with a strategic growth and development plan that that stays out of the drawer. And you see, we're back again to the greatest enemy factor because they have the best of it. We're, we're all guilty of it. And, and, and sometimes the word hypocrisy flashes through my head because <laughs> I'm guilty of it myself. The best of plans and you come away from a training course or a program and you say, that was terrific. I'm going to do this and this and this. And the following morning, there's 10 people looking for you and there's 22 phone calls to return and so on, so on, so on. And the plan goes into the drawer until Monday mm -hmm. and so on, so on, so on. And we know that scenario. The other thing, Elaine, is, <clears throat> and this is particularly important and a lesson that I learned very early on, is that growth and development focused on sales alone is a very dangerous concept. And in that regard, I have... Well, I developed, it probably took about 10 years to actually evolve into its current shape. But I have the, what we call the Optimum Results Holistic Business Model. And it has seven sections. And all seven sections apply to every business, whether you have Toyota or whether you have a corner shop. And there is no more. And I've been challenging business managers for the last decade. Um, Tell me something that isn't in the in the framework, and I'm I'm winning so far. And as as a result, very very briefly, and and I really kind of need visual to do this, but the seven sections are managing self and and personal development. And if you can't manage self, you can't manage anything. Section two is about that process of strategic planning, defining vision, mission, values. It's about leadership and management, and it's about defining KPIs and so on and so forth. Section three is about marketing and customers, acquisition of customers, optimizing the value of the customer relationship, keeping them, which is, which is getting harder as the day goes on, as the years go on. Um, and, and now in there we have e-marketing and so on and so forth. The next section is finance and money and funding. And um, <clears throat> I'm conscious of the fact that some of your listeners to this might be accountants, but with the greatest of respect, accountants do not serve small business well, or typically they don't. And the information that we get from our, from our, in our accounts is ancient by the time we get it. And it's given to us in a format that we can't read. And we really have to become very sharp and very good at defining our our own key performance indicators and ensuring that we have. I I describe key performance indicators as being like the dash of a car, where you can see the 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 kilometers and the fuel gauge and so on. And the management information systems 
are the wires that plug into the back of it. And do we actually have timely and accurate information on an ongoing basis? Can we read financial information properly and so forth? The next section is about people and people development. I don't like the word human, the term human resource, but anyway, I, I can't understand why we can't call them people. Um, so we have people acquisition, which is now very tough in the current climate. Um, and it's tough for SMEs because they have to compete with the bright lights and the high salaries of, 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 of D, D4 and D2 now. It's got part as well, hasn't it? But, um, so that whole thing of organization culture and having a place where people want to be rather than have to be. And uh, we remember the days, don't we? of, you know, you got a job and you were bloody grateful for it. And now, uh, isn't it wonderful that we have people who have choice and people who work with us because they want to be there and uh, creating that environment where people open their eyes in the morning and kind of look forward to the day as distinct from, oh, Jesus, another one, you know. <laughs> um, the next section is about operations and systems and it's about sustainability and environment, it's about waste, it's about our relationship with suppliers, uh, that whole supply chain thing. Um, and it's about productivity. And, and I'm using the word again because it's so important, systems. And again, I think it was Gerber who, who, who said, you know, whether you intend having a business that you're gonna, if, if, you, if, you, if, if you have a business uh, pretend that you're going to make it into a franchise, whether you are or not. And you get into this discipline of creating systems um, and, uh, and not making the same mistake. And then that diagram is wrapped in the final section, which is about innovation and change and change management and creativity and thinking. And thinking has become um, again, uh, the late Edward de Bono uh, was one of the world leading authority on the whole subject of thinking, and he was always very complimentary about the fact that we we had developed an excellent education system, but we didn't do anything to actually train people in school to think and work their way through. But so, and we now live in an era when every second of every day is jam-packed with little screens and so on. So th th that seven piece, the point to get back to the point, the lesson that I learned very early on is if you grow based on sales growth alone and you don't have the other pillars in place, again, to use a smartest uh, uh, expression, first you live a boom and then you live a bang. Mm -hmm. And 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 in that in that regard, you need the foundation stones in place. And this links inextricably to the strategic plan because we probably have seen more businesses go out of business during periods of rapid growth than we have um, uh, during pe uh, hard times. So Very anyway, Elaine, that's... Yes, please, go on. Aiden, that absolutely wrapped a fantastic framework, I think, that, that seven fundamentals of a business model and how they translate into a business plan. And it's so, so true that 
you know, for any business person that's here listening in today, I can only but assume that you're, you know, aiming for being in that growth phase and to flourish and to grow your business. But just remember, you know, in the words of Aiden, when he said, what got you here ain't going to get you there. And what is it you need to first and foremost go back and make sure you've got those fundamental structures and the foundations very, very right. And I think those seven pieces or principles which you just shared with us are fantastic. And I would encourage any of our listeners to reach out to myself or to Aiden at Optimum Results, maybe to see how you know they can empower you to achieve the potential that is there to be achieved within your business. Aiden, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I know that I personally could have stayed at this call or and this uh, chat with you for man, many's an hour, but I think you you left us with some real fantastic nuggets of information there. And maybe I'd just like to leave our listeners as well with challenging you that you know, the next time that you are at a course or at a training, and if you do learn something, you know, the key, as Aidan said, is in implementing that advice or that learning. Aidan, I'd just like to hand back to yourself for the final word. Okay, in the first instance, I suppose that, that seven-piece diagram, well, certainly to my mind, works much better as a visual. And if anybody wants it, they can have it. They're very welcome to it. Um, I, I've, I, I've two adult daughters who who said that they're going to put it on my gravestone because it's been on everything else. But anyway, so, <laughs> the, and so, your epitaph. <laughs> my epitaph. So no, thanks for the opportunity, Elaine. And I hope to meet some of, of uh, well, I, 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 I do meet a lot of our AIBF colleagues around the country and at various events. But uh, it's a wonderful network. And uh, actually, again, and I won't start again, I promise. But the importance of the work that you guys do um, and creating the that network of highly ambitious SMEs uh, is, it, it, I couldn't overemphasize the importance of what you're doing. Well done. Thank you so much, Aidan, and to yourselves as well, who've been fantastic recipients of Business All-Star accolades through the years, both from optimum results side of things, um, and also customer perceptions, but to yourself personally for your own achievements, Aiden. So Thank congratulations, you. well done. Um, and over 30 years in business, going from strength to strength, coming down to the next generation is testament that you're implementing what you're teaching in itself. So thank you, Aiden. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you for listening to AIBF Business Talk today. I really do hope you enjoyed listening in. To find out more about the All-Ireland Business Foundation and the work that we do, especially the Business All-Stars program, just go to www.aibf.ie. Remember, never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Until next time, from your host, Elaine Carroll, goodbye.